1: Hello, Bleeding Green Nation, and welcome back to another edition of Eye on the Enemy, powered by SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. I'm your host, John Stolness. You can follow me on Twitter at John Stolness. And coming up, we're going to preview the Eagles versus Broncos out in Denver this Sunday afternoon, kickoff at 425 Eastern Time. And uh, we're going to take you through all the ins and outs and the key matchups of that game with Tim Lynch who writes and is the managing editor for the Denver Broncos SB Nation site Mile High Report. We'll get his thoughts on a very interesting Denver Broncos win over the Dallas Cowboys last week and whether or not that's for real. And uh, we'll get his prediction on the game and his thoughts on Jalen Hurts and Nick Sirianni and all that stuff as well coming up here on this edition of the podcast. First, just want to remind you folks to check out BleedingGreenNation.com every day for all the latest news, rumors, notes, everything else going on with the Birds and uh, check we've got a ton of podcasts right now with the Bleeding Green Nation podcast feed. We're just churning them out one after the other. So make sure that you are subscribed to the Bleeding Green Nation podcast feed and leave a five-star rating and a review when you get a chance on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, wherever it is you get your podcasts. And join me to help break down the Eagles and Broncos this Sunday afternoon is Tim Lynch, the managing editor of SB Nation's Mile High Report. You can follow him on Twitter at TimLynch1978. Tim, welcome to Eye on the Enemy. How are you, man? good how are you i'm doing fantastic i gotta say surprised and impressed with what the denver broncos did uh, against the dallas cowboys last week 30 to 16 thrashing it really was a dominant performance by the broncos and that moves them to five and four on the season i'm i'm very surprised denver is at five and four i don't know that i uh, predicted them to be a horrible team but i certainly did not expect them to be over 500 this late in the season how have the Broncos, first of all, how did they do it last week against a very good Dallas team? Uh, you know,
2: we're still trying to sort that out this week, uh, <laughs> breaking down <laughs> the film. Because, I mean, we're all ready to jump off a cliff two weeks ago with the four game losing streak, and yeah. it just wasn't looking good. Then they trade Von Miller, and you're just like, what is going on? Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, it, it comes out any given Sunday. You know, when if you have a team yeah. of, of good players, um, and the Broncos aren't, you know, the Detroit Lions, they're, they're, they've got talent right. and right. they just came out angry and they, they, they won their one-on-ones and they just, they punched the Cowboys in the mouth. And I think the Cowboys came out a little, a little arrogant maybe, and just came out flat, uh, not expecting the Broncos to just come out with the kind of intensity that they did. Um, I'm sure Eagles fans loved, uh, seeing that happen because you know, oh, everybody yeah. hates the
1: Cowboys. <laughs> That's right. Um, and if the Eagles could have taken advantage of it last week, you could have really helped them, but of course we didn't, but you know. Yeah, it would have been nice,
2: you know, Chargers losing would have been helpful. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, you know, it, I think the Eagles are a dangerous team, too. They're they're kind of like, uh, in in some ways, they're kind of like the Broncos, a young team, in my perspective, I mean, I'm not following the team every day, but they mm-hmm. seem like a young team trying to figure out their identity and, and trying to uh, win those close games, and I, I think they're close, and they're, they're probably a dangerous team. Uh, a lot of Broncos fans are probably going to come into this game thinking, oh yeah, easy win, but... The three and six, I consider the Eagles to be one of the more dangerous three and six teams out there, and uh, there's a good possibility they're going to sneak up on the Broncos if they if they if they if our players come out, you know, thinking oh yeah, we beat the Cowboys where we've arrived, they they're going to they're going to wake yeah. up on Monday not feeling too good. <laughs>
1: yeah no and it's I I think part of the issue is I think with Dallas last week I I am a believer in trap games or in letdown games I I do think when you face an out-of-conference opponent sometimes you just don't bring that edge and I think you kind of hinted at that a little bit in your answer just a second ago that maybe the Cowboys took the Broncos for granted or just you know there's there's no tiebreakers involved in those kinds of games you don't know the opponent very well so you just it's it's a lot of times a tough matchup for the for the better team and you're ripe for upsets in that particular situation but I, I do see the Broncos and and eagles in kind of a similar spot as well trading away von miller would indicate that denver itself the the organization doesn't really see itself as a real playoff contender this year but you know at five and four they're they're kind of on the periphery they're only you know a game or two out of a wild card spot we've got three wild cards now in in each division in each uh, conference and so is are the broncos can they make the playoffs you know what's what what's lying in front of them that would prevent them from reaching the postseason Oh man, I've, I've talked about this at
2: length this week. It's just, there's nine teams in the AFC with five wins right now, yeah. either five or four, five and three. And then you have the Colts, which I think are a pretty, a playoff team that are four and five. So you have 10 teams fighting for, for basically five, uh, playoff spots. Cause you got the, the Ravens and the Titans have, uh, six or seven wins each. Yeah. So. Um, it's just a muddied mess, and the Broncos have already lost to two five-win teams, so they really have to win a lot of games down the stretch. I think they're good enough; uh, they have the talent, even with all their injuries, and even without Von Miller to to compete. Um, I just, it just seems like they're they've already down two two games to to potential playoff teams, and they've got all but one of their division games down the stretch, so it's gonna be a tough road for them. But I mean. After multiple 10 lost seasons, we're just looking for a 500, you know, competing at the end, some progress towards right. uh, a winning football team. Um, you know, winning that Super Bowl was fun in, in Super Bowl 50, but it's just been a struggle uh, the six years since. And, you know, there's a good young core. And with Teddy Bridgewater is a lot better than people are giving credit for. This team can compete. It's just they've got to figure out how to win those close games or, or just stay on top of it especially offensively um it's up and down man it's it's frustrating to watch this team but at the same time you can see the potential uh growing Mm -hmm. uh each each and every week with them
1: right and i think that's that's the important thing too and that's what as eagles fans we're kind of looking for is is improvement and even in the loss to the chargers last week they played a good team tough they had a chance to to win that game at the end it just uh, the defense was was a big problem, and as we start talking about some of the matchups here, that's where I wanna I wanna start off and focus on the Broncos offense against the Eagles defense because it's it's really difficult to understand what Jonathan Gannon is doing as the Eagles defensive coordinator. It's it, the vanilla defense that they're putting out there every week is is really hard. You, you talk about the Brewer, the Broncos sometimes being a little bit hard to watch. The Eagles defense is exceedingly difficult to watch because you just wonder if if the defensive coordinator is watching the same game as everybody else the the one game this year where the eagles really blitzed a lot was in the detroit game which they obviously blew the the doors off the lines but lots of folks are doing that but it's interesting why you wouldn't continue to go back to that why you wouldn't can why you wouldn't want to do that last week against a good quarterback justin herbert can can pick you apart when you blitz so Perhaps there's something to that. But then let's talk about Teddy Bridgewater. You know, Teddy Bridgewater is a guy who this year has a very high completion rate. I think it's put like the third highest completion rate in the NFL at the moment. And the, and the Eagles are allowing opposing quarterbacks to complete 75.5% of their passes this year. I mean, it's, it's a mind-blowing number. Five out of the last seven quarterbacks have gone over 80%. So how do you see Bridgewater attacking the Eagles defense this week it's again a sit back and sag defensive scheme are we are we gonna see a lot of underneath stuff like we've seen every other quarterback do this year yeah I mean you're kind of describing
2: defensively the frustrations we've had with the Broncos offensively with Pat Shermer Um, Hmm. you know he's frustratingly inconsistent in calling plays according to what the game is telling everybody else. Like if something's working, he just doesn't see it. I don't know. I don't know what's going on, yeah. but he saw it last week and he kind of said that they just didn't have a game plan. Really. They didn't have like a scripted to start to the game. Uh, Shermer just winged it and it was wildly <laughs> successful. So, you know, whatever he's scripting, wasn't working. So, you know, maybe this, this is a change that, that needed to happen, but usually, you know, we were big on defense in Denver and, one of the things Vic Fangio said about the blitz, which might help you kind of figure out why maybe they're not blitzing certain quarterbacks, mm. is if you have to rely on the blitz to create pressure, it, it simplifies things for good quarterbacks. Like the good quarterbacks will just murder you if you have to blitz yeah. all the time. Yeah. Um, so it's it's absolutely critical that you get pressure with the, the four that you have um, in order to you know, really have a good defensive, uh, consistent defensive play. So that could be why they're, they just don't have the players. Maybe, uh, uh you know, your defense coordinator just doesn't have the, the talent that they, that he needs to generate mm-hmm. that, that pressure. Um, but if you blitz a guy like Justin Herbert, um, he, he's going to kill you. And, you know, I know that because we, we play him twice a year. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, you know, I, I guess they're still complete. you, you you, you might just have, just not have the players that you need to to stop uh, the completion percentage um, against a guy like um, uh, the Detroit Lions, the former Rams quarterback uh, Jared Goff. Stafford. Oh, Jared Goff. Yeah, yeah. Jared Goff. Yeah. So I mean, he's not a very good quarterback. So blitzing him makes sense. Um, you know, I don't know. We'll, we'll have to see how Teddy does it. But if your if your defense is giving up 80 percent. Uh, Pat Shermer loves that underneath stuff, and so does Teddy. Mm-hmm. He'll just he'll just eat you alive. And if the Broncos, one thing I've noticed about the Eagles is they're they're getting behind, mm-hmm. and you know they're getting three score leads, and then the the team just holds on. You know the garbage time, yeah. and that's that's a terrible place to be. Um, so you're going to want to stop the Broncos offense, and it it can be stopped. Uh, it's there there have been games where the Broncos offense just stinks and you just can't figure out it's all Shermer I mean that's my opinion <laughs> but uh you know it hopefully from my perspective as a Broncos fan that they they discovered something last week the run game and you know Teddy was hitting the big plays it, it it's feast or famine we're either going to score 13 mm-hmm. points or 27 30 you know it's just yeah you, you won't know which team it is until about the halftime and Okay. <laughs> you know, if, if, if yeah. you see a crappy offense at halftime, you're probably in a good position to win that game, so...
1: All right, I, and I'm you know looking at a piece you guys wrote uh, about a week or two ago. I think uh, Teddy Bridgewater has done really well against the blitz this year. Um, as a, his pass efficiency is is among the best in the league. So again, for Eagles fans listening, you you might see another you might see another week where the Eagles don't blitz a whole lot simply because Teddy Bridgewater has done pretty well against the blitz this year. And I, I should also mention, uh, yeah, Bridgewater has a completion percentage of seventy point two percent this year. He's also eleventh in yards per attempt. And and seventh in intended air yards per attempt. So based on the numbers, Tim, it doesn't sound like there's a lot of dinking and dunking going on. Is is Bridgewater the long-term guy here? I mean, I know they drafted, uh, I mean, I know they had Drew Locke here earlier, but, I mean, Bridgewater seems to be a significant improvement, but he's never the long-term answer for anybody, right? Yeah, I mean, he's the
2: long-term answer as long as they don't have a quarterback (laughs) in the wings, you know? Yeah. So, there was a lot of controversy with Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater because there's a lot of really strong. We call them Drewthers. They just believe Drew Locke is the guy. <laughs> but I watched all of 2020. I know who Drew Locke is. He's he's you know his eyes are a little bit slow uh, to throw throw guys open, and you know he takes a lot of sacks because he doesn't read defense as well. And mm-hmm. he might be a great backup quarterback. He's not a guy that I'd want to see start um but teddy teddy's the guy uh until denver you know brings in aaron Rodgers, hopefully or, or russell wilson <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Or but you know the quarterback class next year is pretty weak so if they do draft a guy in the first round i would anticipate teddy being the starter uh into next year and he's pretty he's an efficient guy and the, and the broncos have two mm-hmm. outstanding running backs now um mm-hmm. they just they're they're still trying to figure out who they are and by that i mean pat Shermer's is trying to figure out who he is uh when as a play caller so um there's a lot of frustration with pat Shermer. i, I you know it's year two here and it's consistent the the things that he does that just drive you crazy and i mean you've probably covered him because he was what the giants had oh, coach yeah. for a while so oh yeah um just not happy with him uh we'll see if he sticks around if if Vic Fangio sticks around. I'm a big fan of Vic Fangio. Somehow he finds a way to plug every hole we lose um, defensively with injury. There's been a lot of injuries um, and then trading Von Miller, obviously. Um, but he just seems to find a way to, sh- to, to keep games close every single yeah. week with that, with whatever defensive players he has on hand. So he's yeah. one of the league's best right now and I do not want to see him get fired. So I'm really hoping this team,
1: Well, you mentioned, uh, the two good running backs, Melvin Gordon. And, uh, last week, Javante Williams ran for over a hundred yards against Dallas. And he seems to be a guy rookie first round pick. I mean, not first round pick rookie, uh, draft pick second. for you guys is second. Right. Exactly. Um, you know, they're, they're really looking like both of these guys are going to combine for over 16, 1700 yards get based on their, their current yard totals right now. And, um, is, is is one of these guys uh, pulling ahead of the other at the moment? Like, is Javante Williams? Are we starting to see a little bit more from him as, as the feature back, or is this still going to be kind of like a, a two-headed monster-type situation?
2: I think they complement each other very well. So for this year, I think they'll— remain a kind of a 50 50 split with maybe whoever has the hot hand getting more carries in a specific game. And Javante Williams is a, I think he's leading the league in broken tackles. Yeah. Uh, it's just been a beast. And um, I, I think one of our guys tweeted out today that he has 16 runs of 10 yards or more, which is 10th in the league right now. Uh, but he's done it on only three guys have done it on under a hundred carries. Uh, and, Jalen Hurst was actually one of them he has 18 runs of 10 yards or more um and less than 100 carries and so he's he's got the big play threat but he also breaks tackles he's just he's going to be a a special guy uh moving forward but I think right now it's just Melvin Gordon's consistently getting yards on every carry uh and I think Javante Williams he gets stuffed at the line a little bit more, so he's mm-hmm. got like feast, feast or famine. But they, they complement yeah. each other very well, and I've have, have high expectations for Javante. I think being able to break tackles like that, on um, a week to week basis, just hard to bring down. That's just gonna carry him to heights uh, as you know as his career progresses. Um, so this year though, I think it's fifty fifty, and you'll you'll end up seeing, um, you know, from an Eagles perspective, you'll see. Melvin Gordon for one series, then Javante Williams, they very rarely mix it up during a drive. I've noticed that uh, typically, unless a guy needs a breather, um, Mm -hmm. you'll see the same running back out there for that series the whole way through.
1: Uh, also Jerry Judy back in the lineup for the Broncos that's been a big storyline and I know a lot of the conversation is how much more dynamic he he makes that he makes that offense he hasn't really broken out yet as a star player in the league but talk a little bit about the the, the different um the different uh, dynamic that he brings to the Denver offense
2: yeah Jerry Judy he may not have broken out yet but he he will um, his route running is next level I've I, I've covered the Broncos every day for 12 years you know 13 years and Mm -hmm. i just i've never seen a route runner like him and he i feel like he is open every single play and it's just a matter of teddy if teddy sees sees that he's open or not (laughs) um he just you know he's he's limited a little bit with the ankle injury uh but i just if he stays healthy he is and, and gets a a chemistry with a quarterback that's always looking his way. He's, he's going to be a monster. Um, and he's got, you know, just great. The way he moves his legs is just next level. Like <laughs> that's why he, he gets open. Cause it just cornerbacks, you know, they stare at the hips and you know, when with mm-hmm. Judy, it just feels like his hips aren't attached. <laughs> <And> <laughs> it's just like, he can juke guys pretty well. I, I love Jerry Judy. I can't wait for him to grow into the type of receiver that I think he's going to be. Um, and then having him kind of the number two guy behind Cortland Sutton, it just makes it even better. So I like the, I like this young core on offense. It's just, it just doesn't seem to mesh well. And I think hmm. it all comes from Pat Shermer. And I think one of our guys that does a lot of film breakdown, he he, he was telling me that with Pat Shermer's system, he, he requires everybody to to win their one-on-one. He doesn't scheme mm. anybody open like you know like a yeah. Mike Shanahan or Mike Shanahan, a uh, Kyle Shanahan, where the scheme itself presents open open guys just based on scheme, um, and so that bothers me a little That's bit. That's annoying. Because, yeah, <laughs> you know, I would want you to. We have so much talent. Why not, you know, develop a scheme that that just gets people open easily? Yeah. But, well, you know, you're, that's...
1: you're you're an NFL coach. Like that's your job to figure <laughs> to to figure out guys, ways to get guys open, right? I mean, that's just that's, that's that's basic.
2: Yeah, yeah. So that's that's part of the frustration here. Um, there's so much potential on this offense that it it's definitely underwhelmed. Um, not last week. Last week it clearly didn't underwhelm. But you know, and looking at the season as a whole, um, a lot of points are left out there, especially in the in the red zone. You'll see a lot of red zone issues, even you know coming up and if you watch the cowboys game there's just they scored a lot of points but they left a lot of points out out there as well so
1: has there been any talk about Shermer giving up the play calling duties or that being taken from him
2: no no none of that talk it's okay you know they're they're riding this this train to the end but Mm -hmm. you know hopefully there's a change coming um 2022 but for now you know that's Vic Fangio is not going to be calling the plays, you know, he, he calls the plays on sure. defense. He, that's right. needs to be his focus, but they definitely need some, somebody else uh, in the future, calling calling the offensive place, but you know, we'll see, you know, maybe, maybe Shermer, you know, rediscovered some sort of magic last week and you know, we'll find out this week if it's true or not. <laughs>
1: last couple things here i just wanted to get your take on on the Eagles offense right now and you know the Eagles have some have some playmakers as well you know they got Devontae Smith who had a, a big game last week against the Chargers in a losing effort but obviously I ask everybody about their thoughts with Jalen hurts because Jalen hurts he's this is a one-year tryout for him the Eagles have all these first round picks there's quarterbacks out there you were mentioning them a second ago as guys that you would like the Broncos to potentially trade for a lot of Eagles fans are talking about those same players and we're looking at the same draft class as you are because because I think I, I the sense I get from the Eagles management is that they're not sold on Jalen Hurts as the franchise quarterback. There there's a certain limit to his ceiling for sure. And we've seen it. We we've we've seen him, you know, when he when he does some good things, we've seen him when he does some not so good things. As as someone who is coming in from the outside, what is your take on Jalen Hurts and, and his future in the NFL?
2: Yeah, I when you were talking about him, and I, I, there was something Fangio said about him that I found interesting. I was trying to find the exact quote, um, but I, I wasn't able to track it down. But basically, I, I like Jalen Hurts a lot. I think if if they give up on him too soon, that would be a mistake. Um, but the one thing that, that Fangio said that I found super interesting was that, you know, his, the RPO stuff. Um, oh, here we go. But the, the way he said that he can be accurate, um, I think that was the word can hmm. was yeah. very, very important in, in Fangio's quote was that when he's on hurts is a scary quarterback to defend against. And that's kind of what Fangio was saying. And then mm-hmm. obviously with the RPO stuff, you got a, an additional layer of difficulty as a, as a defensive coordinator, as somebody calling the defense to worry about. Um, but it, it's the whole accuracy thing. If, if, if Hurts can continue to improve on his, on his throwing accuracy, I mean, he's going to be an elite quarterback in the league. So sure. You know, hopefully that's something that they're working on, but um, I'm scared of Jalen hurts as a Broncos <laughs> fan covering to this weekend. So that, that kind of tells you exactly what I think of him <laughs> as a yeah. quarterback. Um, so, you know, the, I don't know. Well, I, if the Eagles give up on them at the end of this year, I think that would be a mistake. I think another team can, will will scoop that up and, and won't regret it.
1: Yeah. I, I've been one of those people that would love to spend the, the three first round picks that we're most likely going to get that Colts pick look like, looks like it's going to turn into a first round pick because Wentz is playing too well to get benched. I it feels to me like I would rather spend those three, draft picks on players and not use them for for quarterback capital because the the eagles have a lot of holes and so i i've been really pulling for for jalen hurts and i'm i don't i don't see it you know like i i there's too much inconsistency game in game out but then you also have to remember how how inexperienced he is how he's still learning the game and i think it's unfortunate for him that this really does feel like a a one-year tryout for him uh, to to be the franchise quarterback, and I also am not sure he's done any favors by Nick Sirianni, uh, who in his first season as as head coach has had a very up and down season. He's committed to the run more the last couple of weeks, and that's really worked for them. And I guess my question is kind of how do you how do you look at the Eagles' offense as a whole right now? Because we've seen, I don't think we've seen any consistency. There's no identity to this Eagles' offense. I don't know what it is, and I watch it every week.
2: Yeah, I mean it's just, it's the same kind of thing I was talking about with the Broncos. Is, yeah. This team's – your team's trying to figure out its identity and how it can win games. And I – you know, I don't watch a lot of Eagles games because I'm sure. usually watching the Broncos and covering that. But looking at – I see scores, right? I'm, I'm always paying attention to other teams and what the scores are. And what I'm seeing is you get down big and then you get a bunch of garbage time points to make yeah. it close. Yeah. And that's bad because you're losing games. But it's also good because you're seeing that – You can click and it doesn't matter if teams are letting off the gas or, you know, playing prevent. It's it's, you're still, you're still putting up the points late. And I don't know. I think, I think at some point if, I don't know, I have a lot of, I have a lot of feeling that Jalen Hurts is going to be a good quarterback in the league. Just Mm. based on seeing a lot of failed quarterbacks in my time, because I'm a Broncos fan. Uh, since 2015, <laughs> you know, sure. there's, there's quarterbacks that play okay and win a couple of games, but you can just see that they're just not that they're not it. They're, they just mm-hmm. like Trevor Simeon's a good example. He, he, he's a winning yeah. quarterback for the Broncos, but it, you just knew he was just not going to be the guy. Um, I don't know. Well, he's got to get his accuracy, right? Obviously. Yeah. If he, if he can't be more consistent, uh, accurate throwing the football, um, it's not going to work out, but that's, that's something you have to work on the off season. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't know, you'll, if the Eagles stick with them, then the quarterback class next year is not that great. And we're talking about it here because, you know, we, we went with Patrick Sertain, obviously the Broncos, and he's Mm -hmm. going to be in a future all pro cornerback. He he's looking that like that kind of career arc. Yeah. But there's a lot of quarterbacks too. We could have, uh, went for, and then you're looking at this class. You're just like, (laughs) Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I I would rather have Jalen Hurts (laughs) than any of the quarterbacks I'm looking at in the draft class. Uh, That's just that's just where I'm sitting. So,
1: yeah, I don't think they use a I don't think they use a first round pick on a college quarterback. If the Eagles use those picks, it's to trade for somebody because I agree with you. I, I think it's a I think it's a bad it's a bad year to be going, looking for a, a franchise quarterback in college football. I, I did want to ask you one more question just about the, the Denver defense as a whole. Uh, you mentioned Sertan just a, a second ago, but with the trade of Von Miller, how has that weakened the defense? It's obviously had an effect, but like you said, Vic Fangio, Vic Fangio knows how to run a defense and um, you like, you seems to be plugging the holes and, and making things happen to the point where he really shut down a very good Dallas Cowboys offense last week.
2: Yeah. And I, I have a theory on that actually, because Von Miller even though he's 32 years old is, is still a top five edge rusher. Um, The, the issue with, with him, he, he's the only guy that was getting pressure and teams were double teaming him, chipping him, doing everything they could to slow him down. And that's, you know, that's why the sacks aren't there. Mm -hmm. And I think with him gone one, it, the, the defense came out angry and, you know, they, in a way, I think it might've been a more of a middle finger at, the general manager, George, George Payton, than it was, um, the Dallas Cowboys just say, you trade our best player, you know, F you, we're going to go win, you know, kind of thing. So, um, but the other thing too, is teams haven't figured out now, who do we, who do we double team? Who do we chip? Who, who can we bring the extra guy in to slow down the pass rush? So you had, you know, two and a half sack game, um, from Malik Reed the week before, and then a two, two sack game from Jonathan Cooper, a rookie seventh round pick. Um, we actually, The Broncos got more pressure um, last week than they did with Von Miller, which was, you know, boggling the mind there. Um, So who knows? Uh, I think offenses are going to need more tape. Uh, Opposing teams are going to need more tape and try to figure out, you know, what is Fangio doing to to bring the heat now? Um, Whether or not that happens this week, we'll see. But. You know, the trade for Kenny Young with the Rams um, really stabilized uh, the de- the interior of the defense because they were they were getting gashed because they the Broncos lost four of their inside linebackers uh, mm, right. to season ending injury. So they lost both starters. Then they lost both their backups. <laughs> <laughs> it was like they were just getting hammered. And so Kenny Young coming in and then Stephen Weatherly from the uh, trade with the Vikings uh, is an outside linebacker too. you know, Fangio's just mix and mashing and making it work. So. You know, we'll just have to wait and see. I I don't really know what to expect either because um, I haven't seen a lot of these guys play. Jonathan Cooper's first start was last week. Um, Hadn't got almost maybe 20 snaps all year. So there's a lot of unknowns there. Uh, And the Eagles, I feel, have a really good offensive line. So Mm -hmm. it'll be interesting to see how much time uh, Hurts has in the backfield to to make decisions and get the ball out. And, you know, I don't know. I think it's it's a good matchup because there's a lot of unknowns with the Broncos from the Eagles perspectives because there's so many new players. And, you know, I think the Eagles offense has some good players up
1: front, too. So it's I don't think there's an advantage or disadvantage there right now. Yeah. Sounds like a good battle in the trenches uh, coming up uh, this Sunday. All right. So, uh, Tim, before I let you go, do you have a prediction on how things are going to go on Sunday? Uh yeah, I think I
2: do think the Broncos will win. Um but I think it's going to be a very close game like 24-21, 24-20, something. Something that's going to be a nail biter at the end. Um uh, but I'll go with the home team and I'm a Broncos fan. <laughs> So there you go. Predictable
1: reasons. (laughs) (laughs) Two good reasons right there. Well, listen, folks, make sure that you are checking out everything that is going on with the Broncos by heading on over to Mile High Report. Check out all of Tim Lynch's great work there and follow him on Twitter at Tim Lynch 1978. Hey, Tim, thanks for coming on. Eye on the enemy, man. I appreciate it. Awesome. Thanks, John. All right. Well, it's time for my prediction. And I think the Eagles have a good shot at winning this one. For whatever reason, they've played better on the road than they have at home this year. I think the Broncos are maybe going to be riding a little high off of that Dallas win from last week. It seemed like they were particularly up to play the Cowboys, and I don't know that they're going to be able to match that intensity another week. I think the Eagles showed some improvement last week against the Chargers. We need to see more from Jonathan Gannon. He's got to, despite Teddy Bridgewater's ability to beat the Blitz, They've got to get him off his spot. He holds on to the ball forever, too. The front four has to get there. Those guys in the trenches, they have to win some battles. Derek Barnett has to win some battles. Josh Sweat has to win some battles. Javon Hargrave has been has been pretty quiet the last couple of weeks after getting off to such a hot start. Fletcher Cox, I know some of this is out of their control based on the scheme that Jonathan Gannon is putting out there. The ball's getting out incredibly fast, but Bridgewater is a guy who will hold on to the ball a little bit, as as you heard Tim mention just a, a moment ago. So this is a game where the Eagles front four can potentially get to the quarterback, and they have got to start winning some of these one-on-one battles. But in in, in lieu of that, Jonathan Gannon is going to have to bring some noise. And if you get beat a little bit, then you get beat. But enough of these nine-minute drives that end in touchdowns where your offense is off the field for for most of the game. You've got, to, you've got to find a way to get the offense on the field for, for more of this game, and Jonathan Gannon has to help with that. I think Nick Sirianni has called a good game two weeks in a row, so some some progress there. And Jalen Hurts has looked okay for the last couple of weeks as well. We're starting to see Jordan Howard get some run, and Devontae Smith had a big week last week. I think this is an opportunity for the rookie to really start to assert himself himself in this offense, especially as Nick Sirianni begins really running the football with a little bit more consistency and bringing some balance to the offense that can only help the young receivers. So I think the Eagles will win this game. I have not been high on the birds. I have not picked them to win all that often this year, but I do think they will go into, is it still Mile High Stadium? I don't know what they call uh, the stadium out in Denver anymore, but I do think they will go out into Denver and they will beat a Broncos team that, is five and four has a better record than the Eagles. But I think these two teams are very similar in terms of their personnel and in terms of the coaches that they have on the sidelines. And I I think this is a good opportunity for the birds to steal a road win against a winning team. So I'll say, uh, I'll say the Eagles take this one 28 to 25. I'm going to throw a 25 in there because we, we tend to get some, some weird scores in the NFL nowadays. All right, folks, that's going to do it for this edition of Eye on the Enemy. My thanks once again to Tim Lynch for coming on the podcast. And just a reminder, once again, BleedingGreenNation.com each and every day, folks. It should be your one-stop shopping for all your Eagles news. And again, tell a friend about the Bleeding Green Nation podcast feed on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is you get your podcasts. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We'll talk to you next time here on Eye on the Enemy.
0: Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower.
2: Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do.